0: back to a Celtic state of mind for the last three and a half years when Celtic play. We go live half an hour before the game. I am Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to be joined this early afternoon by a bleary-eyed James McKenzie, the youth of today, uh, burning the candle at both ends. But you're here, James, and it's great to see you. How are you feeling about today's trip to Perth?
1: Yeah, you're hoping for a response. It's not the, the first time this season, I don't think, we're supporters have been going into that game looking for a response for this Celtic team but this is the second time this season where Celtic have gone um, two games in all competitions without a win when the expectation that Celtic is to win every single week every single game that comes by it feels a bit strange when Celtic aren't won so having a return to form a return to in ways today will be important against a, a tough team um, they didn't have the greatest of starts to the season St Johnson I remember Still in Albain and Stenos Muir both beat them in the in the cup group stages. Yeah. And that all sort of built up to Stephen McLean eventually getting the sack. But Craig Levine has steered them from the, the bottom of the Cinch premiership. Livingston's free fall has contributed to that as well. But four points from the three games he's been in charge is a bit of a change in fortunes for the Perth side. So It will be a tough game. We know what Craig Levine teams set up like. They are going to be organised. They are going to be hard to break down. But I'm just hoping for a good performance, a comprehensive performance as well.
0: It's a double whammy for me because you're right, Craig Levine would normally set his side up like that. But the added incentive for him is that he's taken over a team that basically the remit is stay up. And against a team like Celtic, the way that you'll do that is by defending in numbers. You know, you'll have the two big blocks, if four um, at the back. We will be faced with something that's becoming quite familiar, James, and that we'll probably have eighty. 80- percent plus possession of the ball today. A lot of that will be in the final third. And it will be about finding a way to break them down. Now, you've been talking all week about various aspects of the Celtic side that haven't really clicked in recent weeks. And one of them, of course, is the lack of goals from Kyogo Furuhashi. I'm not throwing him under the bus because I think, uh, again, there are circumstances around these performances, one being that we aren't really... I don't think, playing to his strengths at the moment, James. Can we change that?
1: Well, I think you've got to get him more involved in the game. I don't think he's a player that needs a certain style of play to get the best out of him because he's too good of a player to need that. He's not a system player. We've seen so many moments of individual brilliance in his time at Celtic so far to prove that point. I mean, mm-hmm. you've just got to look at the Derby box earlier in the season. where Our backs were against the wall for basically 90 minutes, but one moment, is all it needs and again, yeah. change a game on a knife edge but you have to get them more involved in the game I think when you look at the game last week against Motherwell you're not really playing to its strengths the high balls aren't going to work when it's Kugel Furuhashi and amongst Motherwell centre-backs the likes of Bevis Mugabe and others who we know are pretty towering figures Kyogo's yeah. not going to be able to get anything out of those out of those guys so you're looking for a bit more from the wide players even just getting them on the ball more just get the ball to him because as I mentioned earlier, he's got the individual quality to make something happen of nothing. He's played on the wing, so he knows how to play a more creative role. He's more than just a finisher. He's a versatile player. We've seen that across his career. You just need to get him involved in the game more. I was looking at stats from the last sort of few games because it felt like in every single sort of team ratings article I was doing for the for the blog that I was giving Kilgo a five or a six. It was always every week. It was a quiet game, a quiet game, a quiet game. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're looking for a bit more. I think it's one goal in his last eight games in all competitions for mm. Celtic this season, which if you look at his stats in the league as a whole, he's averaging a goal every second game, which for most Celtic strikers, that would be fine. That would be a pretty acceptable record, but we know how good he can be. We saw last season like I checked the this, this start for last season. It was, I think it was 1.5 goals every 90 minutes. So it, there is still a drop off there, as much as it is still a decent start. So you're looking to get him involved as much as possible. Hopefully, get him on the score sheet today.
0: Get him involved, and you will get him on the, the, the score sheet, James. That much is, is almost basic arithmetic. It's when you look at the games and you're an hour into the game, and they're looking at at least this is a new start that, that has been added onto the. Uh, Obviously, the analysis on, on the live games, the least amount of touches on the park, Kyogre's always in it. You know, he's always had four or five touches of the ball. You get him the ball, he'll link midfield to attack. He will be the guy that comes deep. He'll make things happen. Um, and like you said, it seems almost like too basic a thing to say, but the type of ball that we're delivering into the box isn't suited to him. And a massive part of that is the physicality. It's the the nature of very many teams in the, the the league who will have two towering defenders, not particularly great footballers, James, but they'll win headers. You know, they'll throw their way into uh, any kind of opposition attack. And Kyogo doesn't really fare too well in that scenario. We've seen so many times where either are overlapping fullbacks or indeed the wingers hitting the lines and playing in low, um, sharp balls at pace. And Kyogo loves that because he's got the control. He can finish them. He can hit them on the volley. Um, It's not a case of a defender just uh, putting his toe on it because Kyogo's quicker than them. And I think that we've seen a lot less of that under Brendan Rodgers. And there was a few comments uh, in yesterday and the day before's uh, YouTube video where they were saying, so you're blaming Rodgers on Kyogo's lack of form? No, we're not blaming Rodgers. We're saying that the style of football doesn't seem to be um, affecting positively Kyogo at this moment in time. Now, Jungle Lion... We were talking uh, on the old X platform, I still call it Twitter, I can't get you out of the habit, uh, about Brian McClure. And I'm glad you reminded me, I won't forget the Chalky story. Brian McClure is a massive music fan, if you don't already know. Uh, whenever you meet him, he's normally wearing a music or a band T-shirt of some description, be that The Pogues, The Clash, or any number of obscure bands that you've maybe not even heard of. And uh, we used to do an, an event quite regularly up at the Greenock CSE. Big shout out to anyone from that part of the world. It is one of the best Celtic supporters clubs I have ever visited. And I've not been for a while, actually, but we'd done a night there with Brian McClare, the one and only Chalky. And he turned up for said event, maybe 15 minutes before he was due to get on the stage. And he'd met a few pals in the town, James, for a few sherbets. And that's uh, fine But by me because... Chalky is great entertainment and uh, we go on the stage every single time during the event at halftime, we would get a pile of questions from the audience, a pile written down in an old fashioned way. And I would hand them to whoever the player was, who was a special guest to go through them and say, right, I'm no answering that, I'm no answering that. Because, you know, they, they were quite close to the bone a lot of the time and the same handwriting would appear on a card every single time what is your favourite Rebel song? It was the same writing. It was quite a distinguishable uh, handwriting. And I remember every single player we had spoken to, be it Paddy McCourt, Rab Douglas, John Hartson, I think Tomo, loads of them, they would all put that to the side. I'm no answering that, right? So I went to Chalky at halftime. I've got a pile of questions here from the audience. Uh, normally people, the, the players will go through them. Ah, I'll answer them all. And he went for a wee, a wee swally. Great stuff. By this point, Uh, Second half, Chalky's in the audience, walking about with the mic, talking to people, answering questions. He was absolutely phenomenal. It comes to that particular question with that particular handwriting. And I say, "Oh, who is it in the crowd that keeps writing this? Obviously, the player's not going to answer it. And I know, Brian McLear, you're a massive music fan. So I'm going to put a twist on this question. The question actually is, what's your favourite Rebel song? But I'm not going to ask you that, Brian. I'm going to ask you, what's your favourite song? I know you're a massive music fan. And his answer was the merry Ploughboy? So that's Brian McClare for you. Brian McClare, who James McKenzie models himself on from 1986 <laughs> at Love Street with that beautiful Barnet. Um, that's the story, Jungle line. He's a great spud, is chalky, and I would like to do something else with him in 2024. Uh, Stephen Sloan, come on Celtic. No side-to-side passing today. We need 90 minutes of attack in football. Let's see goals, goals, goals. When I look at the start of love, and I'm going to read it out for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, um, I can see this being a very attacking 11 if indeed we play to that style. So we've got Joe and goals, Johnston at right back, Taylor at left back, with Carter Vickers and Scales in the middle, McGregor, O'Reilly, Turnbull, Yang, Palma, Kyogo. That's a start 11, James, that could get goals, goals, goals today, couldn't
1: it? Yeah, I'm thinking, I look at that starting 11, the first thing I thought of was, oh, I went 11 for 11 my team predictions on the blog. You and did. then I actually, I actually started to look at How the team could actually shape up and is it the strongest team I have available at the moment? If you're looking at fitness, in fact, there's like that. I think it probably is, Yeah. which um, I think there's players who I'd be looking forward to step up because, as we said, we've not won in the last two games, so there needs to be a bit of a spark from somewhere. And I think you're looking at the wide areas. That's where you're looking to see some real improvements because... If you look at the last league game at Motherwell, the wide players were really quiet, like Palmas and Yang. They, they both had really quiet games. And then I go back to the draw against St. Johnson even earlier in the season. One of the problems on that day as well, and why we couldn't really create much on the day, was because the wide players were anonymous. So that's two instances where we've dropped points and that's been a common denominator amongst those performances. So I'm looking for a bit more from the wide men. I'm happy to see David Turnbull in the team in the midfield I think I was surprised that he wasn't in the team on Tuesday evening to be honest I thought he'd yeah. done enough to merit a place in that team mm. and I'd, I'd rather had him play than a lone player that I don't think we're going to go after once his loan expires but David Turnbull he's, he's tied for top scorer in the league and yeah. he's what well, he started I think 8 games 7 or 8 games and he's got 7 goals
0: incredible That's... record
1: He's a really valuable player to have, which is why I'm always so confused when people seem so eager to sell him. I mean, he's someone who's really good in the close control tight areas. He can pick a goal out of nowhere when you're in a tough spot. That's a really valuable asset to have in a team. And he's actually a decent penalty taker, which when you look at the options we have available for taking penalties, it's really slim pickings. So mm-hmm. even just having him on the field for something like that, should a penalty pop up or something, it's he's an incredibly, incredibly viable player to have. I saw the, the AC Milan rumours have been rubbished the day after Kai those washed. the day after they came out. I think David Turnbull was good enough to play for uh, so a sort of lower Premier League club, but I saw that and I thought it was a bit ridiculous. Eight million for someone six months left the deal, was never going to happen. But no. I'd rather Celtic kept David Turnbull than lost him. I'll say that on I'll say that on him.
0: Well, the thing with Turnbull for me, going back to the rumours around um, Italy, they go right back, probably on, on the blog, I'd need to look at it myself, but when I was talking about Turnbull leaving the club, it's really down to the fact that he was a, a mainstay in Andy's team right up until the injury in the League Cup. And then after that, he struggled to get back in the side. And he struggled throughout last season to get a run in the side. When um, Brennan Rodgers came in and it looked as though, for whatever reason, he didn't think Hatati was going to fit his model or there was maybe issues with the, the player's future at that point. I'm not so sure. But he starts with Turnbull this season. And you think to yourself, James, this is going to be the resurrection of David Turnbull at Celtic. Because he's a player that I've got a lot of sympathy for. When you think back to when we signed him, and at that point, he is arguably the best young footballer in Scottish football at that time. And this is at a stage where his contemporaries are going to Italy. You know, you've got guys like Doig and Hickey and Ferguson all doing really well. Obviously, um, Henderson was the progenitor of all these Scottish guys going over there. But his, his uh, clutchy players from his era, if you like, are over there. And Hickey has shown that not only can you go over and, and, and make a Um, A fist of things over in Italy You can earn yourself a bigger move Which he has done It looks as though Lewis Ferguson's going to do the same Doig has had interest from bigger Italian clubs And I remember saying at the beginning of the season That Turnbull's style of play Probably would shoot the Italian game And the very fact that uh, you know Not only the record that you've already described We were playing Lazio in Italy during the week I felt to myself Because I've, I've got it in my mind He is a kind of Italian style player he would do really well in that game. So I was surprised that he was left out. But it was Kevin Graham who actually brought up a, a very good point because we know how the loan system works, James. And you know that we shouldn't have really been panicking to bring in a midfield player. You know, I, I can understand us agreeing to terms with Nat Phillips that ordinarily we wouldn't have agreed to because we were so desperate for a centre half. Get him in, right? OK, part of that deal is he's part of the first team squad whenever he's fit. I think that's probably in the in the contract, and that's why Phillips is always there. Even though you've got a three million pound player in Lagerbelk who isn't on the bench today, even though you've got a four point three million pound player in, in Nurovsky who, she despite his injury woes, is not on the bench today, it's not Phillips. So you you think to yourself, right? Phillips has got something in his contract until January. He'll be on the bench, even though we've spent the best part of seven and a half million quid on two centre halves. But the interesting one for me is Bernardo. Because more often than not, when it comes to the Champions League, he started. And I know he didn't start the game that Hattuck was injured in, but when you're looking at the bench, he's the guy that Rodgers turned to. Um, And Turnbull must be really frustrated at that, in effect, because he'll be sitting there thinking to himself, Charlie Nicholas style, am I only good enough to get a goal against uh, Livy or get a goal against Aberdeen or St. Johnson? He wants to play in the biggest stage possible. The international draw for the, the the Euros, I know you're a big fan of international football, that's made. Players like Turnbull will be thinking, right, there's my target. I want to be in that squad by the summer. And how does he get in the squad? He needs game time. So we're in a quandary with David Turnbull. There is no doubt in his ability, and no doubt he'll show it again today, no Do doubt in his it? ability...
1: We can't forget he was in the Scotland squad for Euro 2021. He was in the squad. He'd broke through during that COVID season at Celtic was the shining light in the team. Step into the world
0: of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.
1: I don't think I don't know if he made an appearance at the Euros but I remember him doing well in a friendly before it and everybody was raving about him oh thank goodness David Turnbull is in this Scotland squad and now where is he? It's. I know his career's stagnated and it's not his fault he didn't lose his place in the team on merit he didn't lose it based on his performances it was just bad luck even when he was at Motherwell I think the season before we meant to sign him they'd, they'd scored 16 goals from midfield and a Motherwell team.
0: It's Astonishing. Just, what age was he? Nineteen.
1: It would have been nineteen 20. Yeah. 19. So I remember what Young Player of the Year that season as well. It was, mm-hmm. that, it was a crazy good season.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, James, if he does that, <laughs> excuse me, if he does that right now, Celtic are interested in him as a as a as a player of interest. Come January, um, he was a shining light at Motherwell. Celtic signed him up. He went through real physical and mental torture uh, to to win the move that was snatched away from him. He eventually gets it. As you say, he breaks into the team under Lenny. He's a mainstay under Ange. He breaks into the Scottish international squad. But he will be looking at, at that situation this week, James, and he'll be thinking, right, I need to do that. And players have to be selfish sometimes. They really do. And it's not always about the money. I mean, there's a lot of speculation around Rocco Vata right now. And if you go into the social media channels, I was delighted that Anthony Joseph confirmed... Ro- Rocco Vat has not been offered a new deal by Celtic. It's, it's not like he's one of these young guys who's a contract rebel, James. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm just going to wait for Liverpool to come in like Ben Dope. He's not. He's absolutely not. This is a player who's not been offered a contract. He's been frozen out. That's another discussion. But David Turnbull will be looking at other aspects um, of his career and thinking to himself, right, I'm 24 years of age. This is the ideal time for me to be starring at the Euros against these these nations. Um, and unfortunately, it might result in him leaving the club. The AC Milan rumours, it didn't surprise me he was linked with an Italian team, James. I think the, maybe the calibre of the team surprised me a wee bit, but the transfer fee surprised me even more. That was never going to happen, like you say. Um, is it his agent? Is it his agent that's maybe putting out there? Um, Does Turnbull want to play in Italy?
1: Six, he'd have six months left on his contract at the time and I remember when Ryan Christie moved to Bournemouth with six months left on his deal we got two and a half million and we thought that was a coup and no offence to Turnbull I've just spent the last five minutes defending him but Ryan Christie at that point was a better player and a more important player to Celtic than Turnbull is now so I don't think there's any chance we are reeling eight million pounds for David Turnbull
0: no. And by the way, I think that there there were two players um, that we lost that I would have liked to have seen under Ange and Christie was one of them. Absolutely. Uh, the other one was El Yunusi. I thought El Yunusi would have done really well under Ange, Posta Coglu as well, but he was out the door. So yeah, Turnbull is in there today. Um, his record speaks for itself. I want to just touch a wee bit on the low knees. Um, we're 20 minutes into the show. Uh, we've read out the team. On the bench is, uh, or are rather, Scott Bain, Nat Phillips, Tiago, sorry, Odin Tiago home. Uh, we've got O Tumuke, Bernardo, Forrest, Ralston, and Mikey Johnston. So we've got the two loanees on the bench here, right? And um Bernardo was brought in. And I think the unusual thing about him coming in is that if you look at the squad, um, particularly at the start of the season when he actually joined the club, midfield was a position I had my least concern about. Um, and then we bring in home, and I can see exactly why he is the archetypal project player, a player that over the next uh, twelve to eighteen months will get the kind of level of the game time that he's had already, and I would expect him to progress. He's not a first team uh, regular uh, pick for a starting eleven, but he'll get plenty of game time, and he will progress uh, into what I think will be a great player. Bernardo, I'm a wee bit bemused about because I don't think we needed another midfielder in there. Um, I think you've got a player in Awata who is owned by Celtic and who has basically been frozen out this season as well as a result of Bernardo being in there. And I feel a bit sorry for Awata because he's now on that list of mine that I expect him to just leave now because he's not getting games, James. I mean, even when there's opportunities, he's not getting games, is he?
1: Yeah, that's it's a shame because he, he came to the club as, what, League MVP? hmm. None, none of Celtic's other Japanese players that have done far better here than he has had won that award. So I, I don't know if he's just not shown something in training because he's not really set the world alight when he's been on the park. He's not... I can't really point to Atomoki performance from the bench, but I've been like, he should be starting because of that performance. I've seen a performance from, from the bench where he's been, oh, that was good. He was solid when he came on, but it's never been enough to warrant he should be starting this game I don't think and you're seeing the same thing with Bernardo he's he's playing alright when he plays It's decent but are you really going to be screaming and shouting for Celtic to pay the fee for Paul Bernardo at the end of his loan spell I don't, I don't think so but I think the midfield is one of the strongest positions we have on the park I'd say if you had, if you had to lay out Celtic's strongest 11 and say where's the strongest position on the park it would be the midfield you had McGregor oreilly Hittati trio. That's the strongest position we have in the park. But I don't think we need many more options there. And if we end up moving on in Iwata or we don't get Bernardo, or if the nightmare scenario and Matt O'Reilly moves on either in January or next summer.
0: I'm clipping that. that Let's say, say that on axum you, <laughs> you can't even mention it, right? It's like there's a few people you can't mention on this show. One signed for the other side in 1989. You cannot mention O'Reilly leaving Celtic. That's a rule.
1: (laughs) Well, I (laughs) think Bernardo was signed... He was signed... I'm certain he's got an option to buy in his contract. And I think we'd expected him to be a bit better than he has been so far. And Mm -hmm. I think he was eventually supposed to be a real Hitati replacement. I think we expected Hitati to either move on this summer or next summer. But Hitati's injuries can put him to the wayside and now it's going to be who they replace Matt O'Reilly with next summer. I think they were preparing to replace someone big next summer, and it looks like it's shifted.
0: Matt O'Reilly, of course, is the star of the starting eleven graphic, wearing a Christmas jersey, no less. Um, what I would say, James, about that, right, if you rewind to season one under Ange, we bring in two loanees. <clears throat> um, I know that we eventually brought in Maid and it was a loan with an obligation to buy, similar to the Awata deal, but... We bring in two loanees in CCV and Jota. Um, one a centre-half from the premiership side in England and one a promising um, winger from Benfica. That was season one. And there's, there's similarities to, to this season in that we've brought in two loanees. One is a centre-half from a premiership club and one is a promising midfield player from Benfica. Now, in terms of the transfer fees that these teams would command, there has been a suggestion that Bernardo would actually be in the same ballpark as Jota. You know, six million quid. I don't put him in that bracket. If you were to try and sign like any centre-half from Liverpool, you're probably looking at that, that same figure that you'd sign for CCV. So what you've got now, we're in a situation where we've got two players in on loan. A decision will need to be made on them. And this word quality, which has been used and bandied about by Brendan Rodgers, no less. You look at the quality of these two loanees compared to the two loanees and Angie's first season, James, and I'm sorry they're nowhere near the same quality.
1: Yeah, you've got to think that. You look at the money we paid for Charlton and Carter Vickers, I think most fans would agree that that's the sort of ballpark we should be looking at and transferring those for signing players anyway. Players, because yeah. you're getting them a better quality than you would if you paid three million pounds for them. But yeah. um, I think they sh- they'd shown a lot more in their loan spells as well. Your Jotters and your Cameron cutter Vickers, they'd become starting players. They'd become important to the point where Celtic didn't need to sign them. They had to sign them because yeah. because of the importance that they'd built up. they built up a solid place in the team and none of I think these lone players are going to do that. They were signed as stopgap players, they were signed just to sort of fill a hole in the team. I don't really see the need for Celtic to pursue a permanent move for any of them at the moment, unless Bernardo can show something incredible. Because we can't forget he is 21. He's still a young player. There could be room for him to completely change around his trajectory at Celtic, you never know
0: he's had the games he's had the big games you know he's play- he's he started more games in the champions league than he has in the scottish premiership which is bizarre yeah we don't know what the um, nuances of the contracts are maybe we'll find out after the event you said this is the strongest side that we can uh, field today i agree with that um when everybody's fit though james what do you think the strongest team is would you look at perhaps um Turnbull for hatati would Yang drop for Meda or uh, Abada? There's maybe only a question around two of those starters today, isn't
1: there? Yeah, if you're looking at the strongest 11 that I think we can field, with everybody fit, that'd be, I'd be going Joe Hart, Alastair Johnson, Carter Vickers, Scales, Taylor. You'd field you have McGregor, Tati O'Reilly. And then up front, you'd have Kyogo with Palmer. Hmm. Uh, I'll go Palma and Abada. Palma and Abada on the wings is what I'm gonna go. my strongest team. I think I was on the fence last time you asked me this with Abada made, and I've sided with Abada here.
0: Yeah, I think Abada's uh, season. Um, it's it's the kind of like recency bias, isn't it? You know, you're looking at Abada's season, and he's not a great season through. Go back
1: to the the first season under Ange. Even in the Europa League, he was. There was a point where the fans needed a bit of hope from some of the signings and just spoke on the pressure of every signing needing to hit the ground running. And I remember I know we lost the tie to Michelin over that two legs, but Abada scoring on his first Celtic start gave the fans a bit of hope of, oh, I've got a young player who could maybe do something. Yeah. There's little things like that created all the belief in that season. And I think you've got to recognise Abada's knack for stepping up my big game, whether it be um, an important cup match or a derby or even in the Europa League he didn't really get a proper run at it in the Champions League last season I think he only got two or three starts but in the Europa League I thought he was absolutely fantastic I'd, I'd have him up there as a European calibre player just got to look at the teams who have scouted him the teams who have been interested in him in his time at Celtic and he's a good finisher he's a solid clinical he's finisher
0: deader.
1: Yeah, he's quality you really need you've just got to look at the success Scott Sinclair had at Celtic even when he wasn't playing it at his best how important it is to have a player that'll get you a goal when you're not at the
0: top of your game 100% I think he, and he's got that ability that is uh, often um, illustrated by football Tweets where he can ghost in at the back post um, apologies to anyone who has watched me suffering over the last week, unfortunately I've been hit with old uh, COVID and I look like a cross between Nosferatu and Jack Skellington uh, people might in the comments say you already did Paul, but thanks for that ladies and gents, a couple of wee mentions before we get into the action, we've got Patrick Keeney rather see a Watt in the team than McGregor, with McGregor rather pushed on a bit, McGregor's Worst we spell for us lately. I pitched that to our data man, Alan Morrison, who doesn't think McGregor's got the legs now to be the offensive force. So that's maybe why that's not happening. Kenny67, it is a poor reflection on the quality of the squad when Taylor and Yang are still being selected in the first 11, despite their inconsistency. Not a good message to the players either. Well, there's no other options, really, particularly at left-back. You know, Taylor... Burnaby's not even on the bench today um, and I'm not having it that Scales can move there. Scales look like an ordinary a mediocre player when played at left back. The reason he's playing so well is because he's playing in his best position. Um, Taylor again facepalm, Danny Boy I think Could we you, can improve
1: but who else do you start well, to say? I mean, I I'm a pretty harsh critic of Greg Taylor. I have been and I've been accused of being that for basically my entire time on Axel but I think in the Champions League that's the only place where you can say he's put a foot wrong domestically since about the middle of September Greg Taylor has been just fine he's been a solid option there I don't think you can get on it Greg Taylor for dropping points against Motherwell last weekend or anything like that I think we do need to replace him you do need a better player there for the European games but domestically I think he's just fine
0: yeah, yep, yeah. and, and and the big thing is we don't have the option. Burnaby's not the answer. He's been an absolute flop and he'll <laughs> all be leaving the club sooner rather than later, actually, for the, the best of all parties. James Floyd. Well the real Celtic. Please stand up. Come on, dust those cobs off and Michael Ross. Yeah, Lagerbelt Noroski, uh, they've got to say eight million pounds. Why? Well, I'm gonna put it out there. Um Brennan Rogers couldn't possibly come into this football club for the second time and say I've no signed any of these guys that are coming in in the preseason. What he's done is he's supported not only the the board that have just appointed him as the manager, he's supporting the players that are in the door. Imagine he says these guys are in the mine and he washed his hands with them. There's obvious players that he would have more involvement in, and there's other ones who the, the deals would have been already way down the line. Um, so Brennan Rodgers has obviously uh, been very cute when it comes to taking ownership of the the signing of those players. James, but you know what? At this moment in time, the Roski jury's out because he's been injured. He obviously doesn't fancy Lagerbelt, does he? Yeah, clearly
1: isn't the biggest fan of him. But it's funny—you'll always see a manager take credit for a top signing, but when it when it comes to a player who flops, it's always—I know eh. Van
0: Dijk. He was mine. Miku, no, I had nothing to do with Miku's <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was it was a board signing, it wasn't, brand, it wasn't
0: Absolutely. the it was the Absolutely, aye, of course you'd do the same, so would I right. I mean, uh, although all those brilliant axon contributors, it was all my doing. What about the badgers? <sighs> not, not a day with me. Right. I'm joking. There's not been any bad <laughs> Uh let's get to the action. St. Johnson versus Celtic. Thank you everybody for getting involved in the comment section. And thank you once again to James McKenzie for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.